For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we gather this morning, it's a beautiful thing just to see your body in this little building. And we recognize that you have indeed given gifts to men. And we thank you for that. And Father, as some of us understand what those gifts are, and some are curious and some don't know, our prayer this morning is that as your word is taught, your divine word through your human instrument that we would hear and we would understand better just the beauty and the wisdom and the profoundness of what it is you have done in the body of Christ and what it is you seek to do and desire to do as we minister to one another, as we minister to the community around us. Father, what a perfect illustration and what wonderful truth. And so, Father, I pray for Pastor Fred as he comes this morning again that we would just receive what you've put on his heart to share this morning, what you have written in your word. May it become clear to us. May we be challenged to embrace the truth. May we know how we need to respond to this. May we recognize the distinctness of folks that are different from us within the body of Christ. And may we not separate from such, but may we just appreciate who they are, what it is they're doing, and then also, Father, help us to leave with a recognition that we have a responsibility, that there is a task that you have given us to do and you have equipped us to do it. So, Father, may we take this seriously. This is the body of Christ. May we respond accordingly and may you be glorified. And we'll ask this in your son's name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Good morning. I had to turn the mic on. It's, uh... How's everyone this morning? That's good. I'm nervous. <laughs> so we will uh, enter into this. When John, I'm, I'll speak up because he's going to tell me to speak up here in a minute. When John asked me to uh, speak this morning, he had all these premises in his mind, because John has premises in his mind, that uh, I'd, be, I'd be the right person. And uh, there are reasons for that, and I'll try to explain a little bit later. Uh, but I'm not sure John was right. <laughs> uh, in any event, we will uh, approach this as, as God sees fit. If you all would pray with me before we start. Heavenly Father, this morning, we come to you for one reason and one reason only. That is to worship you. That is to worship this body that is your son, the one who brought us salvation. We pray, Lord, that this morning that we will understand that each one of us has a part to play. That part is distinct. That part is interdependent. We ask you, Father, to bless us this morning as your word comes forth. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So, I'm an obstetrician gynecologist. I deliver babies, I take care of women and their illnesses. What you don't know about me is that I am an anatomist. That is my training. My training is in the human body. I know the body. I learned about the body and about the importance of the body. I started when I was six. I had my first eye. I said, I want an eye. My parents went off and got me a model eye, and I put the eye together and all those things. I said, I want a brain, and they got me a model of a brain. I put the brain together, set it aside. I had an eye here and a brain there. And they got me a body, and I put the body together, and I put it there. And you realize that they're just organs sitting there. And then it becomes very clear that all those organs fit into that one body that was there. And within that body, they all function. They all function. Now, the good part about that is God made the body. If we had done it, there would have been some problems. But God made the body. And so the body functions without asking each other, what shall we do? Each part does what it's supposed to do. Each part has something to contribute to the function of the body, of the whole. And they never ask each other, well, heart, are you going to work today? Well, brain, are you going to work today? Uh, feet, are you going to take off today? No, functions. The issues that we have as human beings that we think a little bit too much, and we start to place ourselves above each other. And we start to consider that this body is better than that body. And that what this body has is better than what that body has. And what this body can do is better than what that body can do. Or I like that body better. The Corinthians had that problem. They, as a church that had been established, <coughs> felt that there were certain people and certain gifts that were much more important than the other people. 
And Chloe and her people, as it says earlier in the book, wrote to Paul, said, hey, we've got a problem here. People are quarreling in the church. Quarreling in the church about who is the best. Who is the most important? Who has the most significance? And so what they had was chaos. Chaos. I don't know if you've ever had uh, a situation where you've made a plan and you've got everybody in place, and then one person decides, you know, I'm going to sleep late today and I'm not going to show up. And the plan was to start at 8, and the person that you needed to start at 8 shows up at 9.15. And everyone's sitting there waiting for it to happen because you can't move. Now think about the church and think about the gifts. If God has distributed gifts to everyone by his spirit, individually, that's your gift, that's your gift, that's your gift, that's your He didn't say, these are your gifts to this one person. These are all the gifts and they're yours. No, he says here, 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 here. And he says that you work together. You're not more important. You may think that they're prettier than you or that he's more handsome than you or that this person's stronger than you, but I'm here to tell you that you're all dependent on each other. So, if I got up this morning and all of a sudden I could not see, I would stumble because I depend on my eyes to guide me. If I got up this morning and my throat closed up and I could not speak, I don't know sign language and I couldn't communicate. If I get sick and my immune system doesn't work. I'm sick for a long time and I do absolutely, positively nothing. So Paul addresses this with the Corinthians. There are gifts. Yes, there are gifts. And you have this one and you have that one and you have that one. But the gifts are all given just by one spirit. Not 15 spirits, not 125 spirits, just one. And that spirit wants you to do what he's asked you to do. If God can function as a triune God in unity, so there is diversity in God. And I'm thinking sometimes we forget that. There's a Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, triune God. We sometimes forget that. Now, are we better than that? Do we function better than that? Are we higher than that? The answer is absolutely, positively not. So we've got to learn at some point that 
what is important is the uplifting of Christ. Not Fred, not Alan, not David, not Zach and, and, and Becca, not Ty back there with the camera who can wipe me off the screen real quick. The purpose is for us as a church to bring forth the word, to bring forth the gospel, to praise God, and to do it efficiently, and to do it without wavering, and to do it without quarrel. And that's each body. So this church, which you guys WhatsApp, I mean, that is the most crazy thing I've ever seen. I didn't answer. I did, I did look at my phone for about 20 minutes one day, and there were 42 WhatsApp responses. And I said, what are these people doing? <laughs> Who has that kind of time in the day to respond to WhatsApp? But you all do. Someone says, we need prayer. And all of a sudden, I'm praying, praying, praying for you, praying, praying for so-and-so, praying for so-and-so. It's, just, it's happening. And I'm going, my gosh. What a praying church. What a praying church. What a church that is so considerate of its members. That's important that we love each other, that we are considerate of each other, that despite what we may think of ourselves, we are thinking of other people. We're thinking of others. Let me give you a small illustration and we're gonna jump right here into the word. The human body mature on any given day has 100 trillion cells. Not a thousand, not a million, not a billion, not a hundred trillion cells that function in uniformity. 640 muscles. 206 bones. 78 systems Boom, in that body, in that body, in that body, in that body. And they all function together. Now, if we have gifts of preaching, teaching, if you're an apostle, if you can heal, if you can speak in tongues, interpret tongues, all those things, if you can do those things, those things aren't for you. They're not for you. They are not for you. They are for the body. And the body, whose head is Christ, the function is for us to honor him, to honor our Father, and to give information to others that they may also honor him. It's not about us. How do we achieve that? I'm, a, I'm big on selfishness. At some point in time, you have to, not maybe, not kind of, you have to give up yourself. You must, not maybe, this is not optional. You must surrender. You can't do this by yourself. You can't do without Christ. And if you think you can, 
then you're going to be on the outside. We were all outside. We were all not in Christ at some time in our lives. But we heard that there was something, someone, much more important, much more enduring than Fred Cummings. And we turned ourselves over to him. In doing that, you open yourself up to his spirit. And his spirit decides for you what gift you have. And he says, that's yours. Now, some of us don't recognize our gifts. Some of us don't want to know what our gifts are. Some of us don't want to be involved. We want to sit in the pews or the chairs. Pews, it shows you, I go back to the old church and we had pews that were hard. <laughs> we prefer to sit there and to absorb and absorb and absorb and not give. That's not the deal. That is not the deal. The deal is that you have now joined the body and the body needs you. I don't care what you think about yourself, the body needs you. And see, some of us, oh, well, I'm so, you know, I, I don't look really good. And well, you know, my, my shoes, they aren't quite the way they should be. And I don't really speak well. For me, I can't sing, trust me, I, I can't sing. And so we have wonderful people that can that are helpful to us, but Christ has said, this is your gift, and I need that gift to function in this body for the body to be whole. If that's service, that's what you do. If that's healing, that's what you do. If that's prophesying, that's what you do. It's not what you're doing. It's what the Spirit is doing through you. It's not you. The gift is not you. The gift is given to you graciously, but it is not you. You aren't the gift. The gift's not you. The gift is a gift, and you function with that gift, and you utilize that gift, and you take that gift, and you move it around the body as it's supposed to be moved around to lift the body, to continue the body, and to allow the body to express its purpose. I deliver babies. And uh, I have the, the great honor of being able to put my hands on new life every day. Not once in a while. I mean, it's like every day. <laughs> and at first, it was very exciting. It was very exciting. And I got older, and it got exciting. And I got older, and it was still exciting. And I got older, and I'm going to hand it over to someone else. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. It is always exciting. But there's new life that comes to us every day. And those new lives are through their parents. And those parents have a job 
and that's to raise that life, to bring forth new evidence. I was born into Christ, new life. I come to church, and I am taught the Word of God. I'm given a gift, and it is important for me to utilize that gift and to uplift those that are around me if I can. Not because it's me, but because the gift that I've been given says that's what I should do. We at Denia have said that we're going to lift up this community. Now, for us to do that, we have to do it as a whole. We can't do it segmentally. We have to function as a body. And in doing that, we're going to produce for God new life. More people will come to Christ. There'll be new churches planted. There'll be new life from this body. Everybody's looking around saying, oh, yeah, really? Yes, really. If you're going to be here and you're going to be at Dina and you're going to be involved in Dina Community Church, you're going to work. We're not going to let you slide off into the corner somewhere. Trust me, that's not going to happen. I'll come seek you out. <laughs> I'll say, well, why are you sitting Because I'm, I'm a hider, you know. I kind of sit back and don't say much. But I'm watching always to see who's hiding with me. Okay? <laughs> and I say, you know, we need to go. We need to go over here and do this and go do that. It's, it's important for us to remember that we are a body, diverse but unified. Diverse but unified. We all have a part to play. There is no separation. This part goes there, and this part goes there, and this part's more important here. It is a unit that works, and we must do that. If we don't, we're lost, and we've not done what we should do. We are not being true to the Lord on any grounds at all. And that's what it says here between 12 and 26. I'm going to read it to you again. I'm going to emphasize to you again that we are a body, a body unified, a body diverse, a body that functions to bring forth the word of God, a body that is only, its only purpose is to worship and uplift the Lord for others to see his goodness. It's not about us. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, 
it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary, and those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our most presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. It's a body. It's a body that has been ordained by God, one spirit, distributing gifts to each person that they may function within that body to make sure that the body continues. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a situation where you get to be lazy. This is not a job where you can say, I'm taking today off. This is not a job that you get to say, well, I'm going to be on cruise control. If you don't think that you have some function in this body, you need to speak to us so we can help you, so we can illustrate to you that there is need. If you feel that you are more important than others in the body, come speak to us. We can fix that too. All right? And, and, and the point here is that if Christ, if Christ so condescended and humbled himself and sacrifice himself for the likes of us, where do we get the idea that we're better? Where does that come from? Well, you know, the enemy tries to make you feel like you're more important, tells you that your job is more important than that job, that he can lift you up and give you all these things give you money, give you cars, give you women, give you everything you want at the cost of your soul. 
but I, I, just, I just want your soul. That's all I want. I want your soul. I want you to say that Jesus is cursed, accursed. He's separate from God. He is no longer with God. That I, Satan, am the best. He wants you to turn your back on Jesus. And I'm telling you, this body is to defend, and I talked about that, to defend these souls. We are to take our gifts, we're to use those gifts. We're not to blow them up into some great, great position that they, that they may be in our heads. We're to accept them. And we're to be the body of Christ. Don't let your pride get in the way. Do not let your pride get... And trust me, we're human beings and we are prideful. We are human beings and we are prideful. How do I know that? Because I'm prideful. I'm a human being. We all are prideful. You know, I, I could run faster than most of the guys that I grew up with. I could jump higher than most of the guys I grew up with. I could outthink most of the guys I grew up with. Problem is now my body says you can't run that fast. You definitely cannot jump that high. And sometimes I'm not thinking really good. So <laughs> it all comes back to you. The one thing that has been consistent in my life, the one thing that has been consistent in my life, and this is since I was, no, maybe what, six or seven years old, is Christ. The only consistent thing in my life has been Christ. And my body, and I like my body, and my body's getting old. And I'm not as old as you, Mel, but I'm moving on, man. I'm getting there. And it is, uh, it's horrible. It's horrible to uh, go out and try to run and, and limp because you're just not making it. It's horrible to someone say, jump three feet, and you can't jump a two. When you used to be able to jump eight, and you're thinking, this is all oh, so bad. What is most horrible of all is if God gives you a gift and you have been utilizing it and you stop. Or you think that it's no longer useful. Or you're fearful of another person who has the same gift, that they may do it better than you. No, that's not the deal. You work together. You function together to make the whole work. We are Dina community church. Christ is our head and we are his body and we have an important role to play and that play and that role is to touch every person that we can and show them the love of God. Show them the salvif salvific work of Christ Show them the sacrifice that was made for you, for me, for David, for Alan. They need to see that, and they can't see that if you hide in a corner. 
They can't see that if this church doesn't work as one. They can't see that if one person decides, I'm the best. It's all about me. It's all about me. Now, the, the one thing I, I find so, so sobering and so humbling is that there's a man, John Brown. You all know John Brown. Just incredible. The Lord has touched that man, has touched him, and he brings forth the word of God like nobody I know. And it's so much appreciated. But he is so humble. It's irritating sometimes. <laughs> you know, he, he is so humble. He, you know, and he feels confident enough in, in everything that he does. And he feels confident in the Lord that he lets the likes of me come up here and speak to you. Or his brother. Or Alan. Carrie. Where are you, Carrie? Carrie. You know, we all have purpose. We all have functions. We all are part of the body. Please do not forget that. It is the only thing I can continue to emphasize today is that each one of us plays a role. And without us functioning as we should, the body will not function. Will not function. Uh, I told you I was an anatomist. If your liver stops working, trust me, you're in trouble. There's chaos. If your muscles start to atrophy or to decrease in size, your strength starts to go away. You don't function like you used to. If the cells in your nose get congested, you can't smell. If your throat swells up, you can't talk. If you get a fever and your head hurts, you don't think well. The body has functionality. It has diversity, but it works as a unit. And if one part's not working, the rest doesn't work as well. So if one part in the church isn't working, the church doesn't work as well. It's chaotic. The Corinthians had decided that this guy was better and that guy was better, and they were off doing things that they should not have been doing. They were praising themselves. They were no longer praising the Lord. And Paul said, we need to have a conversation about this. And that conversation was that we are all members of the body. We all have purpose. You're not better than you. And he's not better than her. We've got to keep that in mind. Dina, we have to stay on the course. There's enough going on today, socially and politically, that will draw you here and there. You've got to keep your eyes on the Lord, focus, steadfast, steadfast, steadfast. You are part of the winning team. You are part of the winning body. There is no reason for you to fear. There is no reason for you to doubt. But you have to stay here. You've got to study your word. You've got to come and hear people talk about what God has told them to tell you. You've got to go tell people what God told you to tell them. You can't sit still. Now, there are those of you who are older than, than myself 
who know that what I'm talking about is absolutely, positively true. And there are those of you who are younger than myself who are thinking, dude, I am strong. I've got my 21-year-old male body. What a dangerous thing. What a dangerous thing to be 21 and male and full of testosterone. It's dangerous. You need to be reined in, guys. Trust me, you need to be reined in. Uh, You need to kind of just focus on the Lord. Take that testosterone and focus it on the Lord. That's what we need from you. Young ladies, your hormones start kicking in at 13 and your minds go crazy. Absolutely, positively berserk. The first person you hate is your mother. It's true. Trust me, it's true. Those of you who don't have 13-year-old daughters don't know yet. But when they show up, they attack you, Mom. Their dads are wonderful. Mom, Dad, Dad, Mom's crazy. Something's wrong with Mom. I don't know what's going on, but there's something wrong with her, Dad. And dads do not buy into that because that's dangerous too. What I'm saying is that we all have these things. We all start to become self-important. Remove that as soon as you can. Remove your self-importance as soon as you can. Remember, Jesus Christ and Christ alone is important. And he has provided for us a way to get back home. Because we were separated. We got separated early on. And he made a sacrifice to bridge that gap. In bridging the gap, we've given, we're given salvation. In our salvation, we become part of the body. And each one of us, each cell, has a purpose and has a gift. You take that cell and you nudge up to the next cell and communicate what, that's, what you should do, and nudge up to the next cell and communicate what you should. And out of the body comes the word of God, comes the salvation of Christ, comes the unity of that diversity of one. I came to church this morning, and I listened to uh, gospel sometimes. And there was a song. And it was about a guy sitting on the street, he had dirty clothes, and it didn't smell good, but he was preaching Christ. And he said that he was nobody who was trying to tell everybody about somebody who could save anybody. Remember that. It makes no difference who you are. If you preach Christ, you are doing what is necessary. Joel, pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, your word comes forth to each one of us today that we are members, members of that body, your body, that we all have within us a gift to be utilized. I pray, Father, that this morning that that would be understood, that we would take that gift, we would develop that gift, and we would utilize that gift in the body to make sure that Christ and Christ alone is brought forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen.